Sunday night. While many people were celebrating Valentine's Day, getting chocolates for their loved ones, or or going to a fancy restaurant, if you can do that in your state, and having a romantic time sharing Love Day, the WWE did something different. The WWE presented NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. And on the pre-show... Well, we had some fireworks, didn't we, right? If you guys were watching the pre-show on the WWE Network or on any of the social media applications that they air those pre-shows on, you saw some familiar faces. Now, obviously, if you've watched NXT for any period of time, you would know that Wade Barrett, formerly of NWA Power and Stu Bennett, well, I mean, they've been on that, uh, he's been on that program for quite some time, but the surprise... The surprises when we saw Eli Drake. Eli Drake showed up on WWE programming and consequently has signed with the WWE to be a part of the NXT roster. In fact, the WWE called Eli Drake one of the highest sought after free agents. Hey guys, this is the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. My name is Jay Cal, and I'm thrilled for my guy, Eli Drake. I'm thrilled for the former NWA Tag Team Champion to make his return to the WWE. But man, oh man, that's got to burn for the NWA. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. I hope you'll stick around to hear more. So everyone's excited, excited about our guy L.A. Knight getting signed with the WWE again for the second time. But we'll get more into that in a minute. Um, But I think this is huge and it should be celebrated because, again, we know that when talent, when talent gets picked up, that creates opportunity for new names, new faces. And let's face it, Eli Drake was a big deal for the NWA. But he wasn't the main event. I mean, look, Eli Drake provided instant depth to the National Wrestling Alliance. Not only was he great on the microphone, he was very well well versed in the ring. It's kind of sad that he never was in the world title picture. It's kind of sad to me that he was not the chief rival for the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. The NWA utilized him in a role that seemed he could be a potential challenger, but they were more akin to putting him in this makeshift tag team with James Storm than putting him in the world title pitcher. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the NWA did need to put on a great tag team to help usher in this new era of the NWA. And let's face it, James Storm, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. And putting him in Eli Drake was instant credibility for that tag team division. And again, when they won the tag titles at hard times by defeating defeating both the Rock and Roll Express and the Wild Cards. I mean, of course, they didn't get to do a whole lot with those belts. But they they were expected to be a part of the Crockett Cup. They were expected 
to usher in this new era for the NWA. Of course, COVID-19 put a halt to all of that. We know that James Storm was wrestling without a contract for quite some time for the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, it would seem that maybe Eli Drake was without a contract for some time too. Now we do know that uh, Drake and Storm defended the tag titles for a final time on uh, primetime live, the pay-per-view, where they would drop the belts to J.R. Kratos and Aaron Stevens. But it, I always kind of wonder what would have happened had Eli Drake been given that opportunity to shine. But, you know, the, the origin of Eli Drake actually even goes back further than that. I mean, before there was L.A. Knight, there was Eli Drake. Before Eli Drake, there was Sean Ricker. Now, Sean Ricker first appeared for TNA Wrestling on February the 16th, 2015. He wrestled in a five-way elimination match at the TNA pay-per-view one-night-only gut check. In that five-way elimination match, Tonga Loa, currently a member of the Bullet Club, Gorillas of Destiny, won the match by outlasting Crimson, Dalton Castle, Danny Birch, and Drake, or Knight, or Sean Ricker, whatever. Months after that match, Drake would join the stable, The Rising, with Drew McIntyre and Tonga Loa, who was going by the name Micah. He went by the name of Micah. It just seems like, what a <laughs> Micah. Tongalo is so much better. And, and and let's think for just a minute about that, that time frame for TNA Wrestling 2015. You had a former WWE Universal Champion in Drew McIntyre. You had Tongaloa, part of the Gorillas of Destiny. That roster was so underutilized. Eli Drake, etc., etc. But anyways... Moving fast forward, uh, almost a, well, well over a year later, on April 23rd, 2016, Eli Drake, Eli Drake, I'm going to miss that. Eli Drake would win his first TNA championship. It was the King of the Mountain title by defeating Thomas Latimer. And he would defeat Thomas Latimer, excuse me, he would hold that title for some time, but on August 17th, 2017, now two years after the fact, Drake would win his first World Heavyweight Championship, the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, to be to be certain. And Drake really did, I keep saying Drake, should we just call him LA Knight? Knight would defend that title in AAA in Mexico. He defended that title in Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. He defended it in Canada at BCW. I mean, he legitimately was and is the kind of caliber athlete who could be a world heavyweight champion by defending the title all around the world. Which again, gosh, I'm so mad that we didn't get that match between Eli Drake and uh, the national treasure, Nick Aldis. But by March of 2019, Drake had left Impact Wrestling and he would spend time working in the independents as well as Puerto Rico. Prior to all of that, of course, there was Sean Ricker. Sean Ricker uh, was a standout for championship wrestling from Hollywood. So, I mean, the second time around with NXT, his last experience was kind of devoid of pomp and circumstance. There wasn't a lot of, you know, ringing the bell, hullabaloo, whatever you want to call it. Um, Knight had much success early in his career working for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. 
He was a tag team champion with Brian Cage. Yes, that Brian Cage of AEW. They were under the tutelage of Percy Pringle III, also known as Paul Bearer. The duo won the NWA Hollywood Heritage Tag Team titles on multiple occasions. But after Percy passed away, Sean Ricker would go on to win the Hollywood Heritage Championship. He held it for a very brief time before Scorpio Sky took the belt off of him. But after he left, he didn't immediately go to NXT, but he went to the reality show competition, The Hero. Now that show was on TNT back in 2013. The show was produced and hosted by The Rock Dwayne Johnson. And as a contestant, they tested his physicality, his mental capacity, his moral conditioning. And and obviously, um, he didn't win the show, or else we'd be talking about that. He, he lasted only four episodes of the eight-episode season. But this time, it appears that WWE is recognizing the vast experience that Eli Drake has earned. He's earned from Impact and the National Wrestling Alliance. And when was the last time we heard that the WWE had signed a highly sought-after free agent? Because, I mean, let's be honest, NXT signings were typically reserved for talents who needed more seasoning. You know, I I remember the, the pomp and circumstances they gave for Samoa Joe, and I remember, I remember the large uh, response that they got when they signed Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens or Sami Zion. Uh, but this was the first time in a while that they made an NXT signing. And you know that it's kind of going to be a big deal. We talked about this quite a bit on the pre-party with J-Cal. And if you stay tuned, we'll play more of that. Okay, so let's get on with this. Apologies. Sunday morning, if you guys are watching NXT, you probably saw that um, the disturbing images of Eli Drake. Now with NXT instead of the NWA as LA Knight. It was caught everyone by surprise. I mean... Uh, Eli Drake, now LA Knight, even kind of said publicly that he had to kayfabe his move to Florida, telling people that he was actually moving to Atlanta so that he could get to uh, Florida without ruining the surprise of him signing with NXT. And a lot of people, in terms of fans, uh, especially the fans of the National Wrestling Alliance, declare this like the uh, death knell, if you will, for the brand because Eli Drake... LA Knight was such an important figure for the National Wrestling Alliance and it really kind of it kind of took the wind out of the sails for a lot of the fans because they thought that Eli Drake was going to be a big part of the future of NXT but I I want to remind people a few things and that is you know prior to 2019 the National Wrestling Alliance really didn't have much of a roster in fact the nwa basically comprised of uh nick aldis the the national 
National Wrestling Alliance World's Heavyweight Champion, the National Treasure, if you will, the real world's champion. I mean, essentially, he was the only guy under contract. Um, we saw the maturation of the National Wrestling Alliance grow from the 10 pounds of gold, which was the transitional period from Tim Storm, who was then the world's heavyweight champion, to Nick Aldis. And we saw that transition uh, and the maturation period of the NWA long before there was a NWA power. And the popularity of the National Wrestling Alliance began to grow based on that, that period that period between the NWA and um, that period between the NWA and uh, from from ten pounds of gold to uh, NWA power. Sorry, I got distracted there, guys. Um, and the problem with that is we all got accustomed to something that wasn't actually real. We all thought that you know when we when we watched NWA Power from the first time and we saw this complete roster this murder's row of promos and wrestling, these great talented men and women, we were under the impression that this was it, like this was a roster, but that actually wasn't true either um gosh, Dave Scooby, I swear to god you read my mind um from launch, Billy Corgan said that the National Wrestling Alliance was going to have a uh, a core roster where they would filter in talent back and forth. Uh, talent would come, talent would leave. This was true to the old territory days. If you go back and watch some of the Jim Crockett promotions or Championship Wrestling from uh, Georgia, or Georgia Championship Wrestling, excuse me, or Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, back in those days, you had your world's heavyweight champion. You had a lot of staples of the roster, but talent would come and go quite frequently. There was a, a wrestler some of you might know by the name of Classy Freddie Blassie, who was one of the biggest stars in Los Angeles as a heel. Literally, fans of that era would come to the ring, ringside area, and an effort to stab him. Like, this is legit. He drew so much heat in Los Angeles that uh, he, he was hated, he was in blood feuds, um, but then he'd go to, to Georgia, he'd go to Atlanta and wrestle for Georgia Championship Wrestling, and he was a beloved babyface there. And it's how they kept the rosters fresh, it's how they kept talent in and out. Um, and then, you know, when, when, when uh, Freddie Blassie was done in Atlanta, he would come back to Los Angeles and then was celebrated as a hero, as a babyface, and started that feud with, uh, with uh, John Tolos. And, and really took the L.A. market by storm. But you need to have those breaks. And that's what uh, the how the NWA is unique. You know, when, when uh, Colt Cabana showed up, we all kind of assumed he was part of the show. But he was able to come, do his thing, and leave. We had Ken Anderson come in, do his thing, and leave. We had Scott Steiner briefly for a while come in, do his thing, and leave. And that was always the plan for Billy Corgan. It was always supposed to be this carousel of talent that would come and go. So, when the NWA lost guys like Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks, you know, people didn't really think a whole lot of it because the NWA was, you know, in the, in the pandemic pause. But that was always the plan. Eddie Kingston wasn't even under contract throughout the entire run of NWA power. He was without a contract. He had, he had a handshake agreement. And, you know, 
I'm not saying that he didn't benefit from his time in the NWA because obviously, had it not been for this time with the NWA, uh, that national spotlight, he might not have ever gotten an opportunity to showcase himself in AEW. The same thing could be said for Ricky Starks and even Zicky Dice. All of these talents benefited from their time with the NWA, but didn't get to that next level without without uh, spending their time in the NWA, but they weren't under these long-term contracts. We know for a fact that Thunder Rosa is signed through 2021. We recently heard at the end of 2020 that uh, Nick Aldis would be resigned. But over the last uh, 12 months, we would heard about, you know, uh, James Storm without a contract. We heard about uh, Royce Isaac asking for his release. We knew that a lot of the talents, uh, Tasha Steeles was without a contract. We know that Marty Bell and uh, Allison Kay all allowed their, all of their contracts were allowed to uh, expire with, with perfectly good expectations and reasons because the NWA wasn't even running live events. And a lot of people, again, are exclaiming that the NWA is dead because, well, they're not running shows, they're losing all the talent. But I don't think that that's far off from the plan. As uh, as my friend over here, Dave Scooby, said, the NWA is an idea, not a single person. Change is good. Glad for Eli getting another shot in the, in the WWE. I would even take it a step further in saying that the, NW, the, the biggest star for the National Wrestling Alliance, the biggest name in the NWA is not Nick Aldis. It's the 10 pounds of gold. It's the grandfather of professional wrestling. And it, if it wasn't for the NWA, if it wasn't for that 10 pounds of gold, there might not be a lot of the wrestling promotions you see today. So, you know, yes, I'm disappointed that we never got Eli Drake versus Nick Aldis because I felt that that's what the whole entire first season of NWA Power was building towards. And even though it didn't come to fruition, even though it didn't actually happen, I really felt like that's what they were building towards. Um, but like I said, from launch, Billy Corgan always said that there'd be a revolving uh, window of talent. And, um, you know, everything that they did to set power up is still in play. And that's where I think a lot of people are just maybe ignorant. Because if you're proclaiming the National Wrestling Alliance dead right now, then you don't really know the history of the brand and you don't know how power happened. And maybe you don't know about pro wrestling. Maybe you should find something else to to, to be entertained by because by not using talent, by using talent that was not under contract, excuse me, they were able to keep not only the roster fresh, but it allowed them to have this infinite supply of fresh faces. And, you know, yes, Eli Drake signing with NXT is a blow to NWA power because, again, I think long-term plans were going to be him with the 10 pounds of gold. But, um, you know, there's going to be talent coming in and out. They might not be James Storm. They might not be Eli Drake. Hell, they might be better than these guys. And, and I mean, if nothing else happens right now, if nothing else changes, if nobody else gets signed, that core roster of the NWA still looks like Nick Aldis with the 10 pounds of gold. And for as critical as I've been of Nick Aldis, he's an amazing talent, great promos, really solid in-ring work, and I think he does a great job of representing the tradition and history and legacy of the National Wrestling Alliance. You still have Elijah Burke, your television champion, probably the best promo in the NWA right now. Sorry, Nick. And his potential is very 
hasn't even been tapped yet. He's had one match uh, winning the NWA television title, one singles match in the NWA. Who knows what more he's got in the tank and what's in store for him. Then you've got Trevor Murdoch, you know, former multi-time WWE Tag Team Champion, finally winning his first singles title with the National Wrestling Alliance. What I mean, what stories can be told with him? You've got uh, Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos, and I'll admit that I'm not a fan of that pairing. I'm not a fan of the way they got the tag titles, but I am a fan of Kratos' work in the ring, and I think Aaron Stevens is brilliant. So, again, they, there's all this positive stuff still there. And then you could assume, and this is an assumption, uh, along with Thunder Rosa, that Serena Deep will be there to defend the NWA Women's World Championship, excuse me, World's Women's Championship, but then there, there's also names like Thomas Latimer, Camille, um, to go along with Aldous and Rosa. And then I would also assume that guys like Tim Storm, Crimson, and Jack Stane would all likely return as well. And, I mean, the, by, by them returning, by bringing these talents back uh, as is, I mean, that's still a pretty solid roster, guys. These guys aren't... Uh, you know, they aren't slobs. These aren't the the worst wrestlers in the world. I mean, these are pretty good talents. And then there's a whole bevy of, 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 of uh, talent available. We're talking the guys from Game Changer Wrestling, guys from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, guys from uh, uh, SWE Fury. There are so many guys available that are out there that are not under contract that the show could really be anything. And that's the thing. NWA Power... It's not going to be the same NWA power we had a year ago. It can't be. Too much time has changed. Too, too, much, too many things have changed. Too much time has passed. 2019 is two years ago. And, you know, for a show that had basically a three to four month uh, series of tapings. I mean, they taped October. They taped De- uh, November. No, excuse me. They top- taped October. They taped December. They taped January. The run of the show literally was from October to March 2020. And we're still talking about it because that's how good it was. And there's certainly, there's the formula for this to work is still there, guys. It is still there. So, again, I don't think we need to worry too much about it. I don't think that uh, the NWA is going to be crushed by the loss of Eli Drake. Don't get me wrong. Amazing talent. NXT really scored a big one with LA Knight. But I don't think it's the death knell by far for the NWA. And again, if if, if I'm Billy Corgan and I'm going to close the National Wrestling Alliance and I'm going to shut down everything, I wouldn't have paid Nick Aldis all the money. Nick Aldis got paid to close down the brand. It's a true story. 